Our gospel lesson for today, the fifth Sunday after Pentecost, comes from Matthew chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. Jesus says to his disciples, whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive the prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. The gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, today I'm going to give a little micro message to introduce the message. Weird, right? Amen. There's, uh, I'm going to go back to the 90s for a movie. Imagine that, me in the 90s movie. Goodwill Hunting. Great movie, right? Yeah. There's a scene at the end where Will Hunting, played by Matt Damon, he's, he's meeting with his, his therapist, his counselor, played by the late, great Robin Williams. And if you're not familiar with the story, I'm, I'm not going to give you the whole synopsis, but uh, growing up, Matt Damon's character had been, had suffered a lot of abuse as he grew up. And... Uh, in this moment, Robin Williams wants him to know that it, it's not his fault what had happened to him. And so he says, it to, he says, Will, it's not your fault. I know. It's not your fault. I know. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. He repeats it over and over and over again. And as the scene goes on, a few of you are nodding. I think some of you know, know the scene. All of a sudden, Matt Damon just melts down when finally he hears and he accepts the truth and he, he recognizes it's true. Now, I share that because I think the same is also true for us. Sometimes we need to hear things over and over and over and over and over. And any parent who said, if I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times, knows exactly what I'm talking about. So tuck that idea into the back of your heads, and now onto the show. Another movie, imagine that. And it's from the 90s, imagine that. League of Their Own, great baseball movie. Now, that movie focuses in, uh, it happened back in World War II when uh, men's baseball, professional baseball, was shut down because all the men were over fighting in, in Europe. And so they start the Women's Professional Baseball League. And now this is a real thing that happened. I think it carried on for four or five seasons back in the, in the 40s and maybe into the 50s. But this movie focuses in on the very first season as, as they're creating this league and all these different individuals are a part of it. Now, pretty early on, it's tryout day. And there's two characters that they play sisters. One of them's the main character, played by Gina Davis. And these two sisters are kind of having an interaction with two other potential players. And there's some ego going on, so everybody's getting kind of blustery. And all of a sudden, one of the other characters turns around and just guns a line drive right at these two sisters. And you see one of the other characters in the back try and get their glove up to catch it. And Gina Davis just goes, and she just bare hands that thing. Now, it's kind of awesome. And I'm like, oh. But that is possible to do. Any of you have ever played catch, maybe you've barehanded a baseball before. Now, if you are not aware, my son played a lot of baseball all the way up, all the way up through school. So I have played catch a lot. And when he was younger, I would at times barehand the baseball. Then he got bigger than me, and he would throw it and break my hand, so I stopped doing that. But there's a trick to it. If you're ever going to barehand a baseball, if you just go like that, you're going to break your hand, period. So don't do that. I would recommend against it. But 
when the ball's coming at you, if you do this quick little motion, you can, it's like you welcome it. Welcome to, that's weird. You accept it. You receive it. And that's the idea that I want you to hold on to. Don't just stop it. You have to accept it. Now, that idea lies underneath what we hear from Jesus today. And why I shared the whole thing at the beginning of things sounding familiar, if you were here last week, this probably is going to sound very, very familiar. And it should. Our short little passage today wraps up the same time of teaching, the same time of interaction or discourse that Jesus had been having with his disciples that we heard about last week. Now, again, to set the scene for what's going on, if you're not familiar, Jesus is about to send his disciples out into various villages and towns and communities to join in the act of ministry. He's been doing his ministry thing for a while now, and they've been following along, and now he's inviting them to join into it, to go out and proclaim that the kingdom of heaven has come near, to, to join in the same ministry that Jesus himself is up to. Now, as he's talking about this whole thing, he's telling them, and he's being realistic about what they can expect in terms of reaction to them. Pretty much tells them, sometimes you're going to go into a community and people are really going to be appreciative of what you have to say. They're, they're going to be very welcoming. They're going to be very accepting, very receptive. And if that's the case, wonderful. Share the gospel. Let them know the kingdom of heaven has come near. And hang out there for a while before you move on. Some people are not going to be quite so receptive. Some might just ignore you. They might just be like, oh, there's people there. Okay, whatever. Some might be downright hostile, and it will not go well. And they might be angry towards you, or they might be disruptive towards you, or they might even throw you in prison. It might get kind of crazy and kind of weird. That's what you can expect. So Jesus has been talking about all of this. And the setting of that first part that he's telling the disciples is when you go out to minister, when you go out to be a part of this ministry, you are going to be uh, requ not required. That's probably not the right word, but but the basis for what you do will will be based on how people receive you, on how they welcome you, on how they accept you. But now here in this closing portion, Jesus kind of spins our focal point just a little bit, and he starts talking about the people that will receive them. Now it's not about the disciples anymore. It's about those who will hear the message. And he gives this thing, whoever welcomes you is actually welcoming me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. So what Jesus is saying is those who are open to your message, those who are open to receive you, those who are open to welcome you, are actually welcoming the presence, the message, the gospel, whatever we want to call, the very presence of God is being welcomed. And that will not go empty. He starts talking about rewards, or sometimes we could say it's the wages that, that those individuals will receive, and sometimes I don't necessarily know what to make of that, but it's this idea that what we put out, the work that we do, the work, the, the, the ministry that we embark on, because I think Jesus is talking to us just as much as he's talking to the disciples, it's the very action of God, and it's empowered by the Holy Spirit, and that will not go empty. That will not be in vain when we are faithful to proclaim the message that we have received. Now, this idea of, of, of welcome, of it's one that I think we're all used to. It's one that we're all familiar with. And, and I can't help but think that you know, when we go out into the world and we're driving through a neighborhood and maybe we see a church, how often do we see those signs? All are welcome. And I think that's true. 
And that's something that we are really called to live into, even though sometimes maybe it's, it almost feels like a platitude that we just say, all are welcome, but you know what? All actually are. When I think about all of this that's going on, all the work that Jesus invites us into, the proclamation of the gospel, whatever it is, it's important for us to hear it over and over and over again, just like it's important for the entire world to hear it. And so I'm going to share something with you that many of you have probably heard me say before, and guess what? You'll probably hear me say it again sometime. There's a four-chapter story that is described in the scriptures. God made it. We messed it up. Jesus redeemed it. And we have been invited into the work of reconciling the world. It's empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's empowered by Jesus. It's made possible through his life and his death and his resurrection. And it's a wonderful thing. It really, really is. This idea that we have a God that loves all of this so much. And we find that back in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, the two accounts of creation. God made it. And God looked at it and called it what? Eric, this was number four on the list last week. Tove. Good. And then God made humanity, and God called it very Tove. <laughs> tove Mahot. Very good. The world, humanity, all of it begins from a place of God's joy and delight. Now, this is not to say that there are not problems in the world. And this is not to say that we do not have problems ourselves, because we do. But that's chapter three of this story. That is not chapter one. Our existence begins from a place of God's joy and delight. God takes delight in you. And because of that joy and the delight that God takes in you, God would not let the broken junk win. And that's what Jesus was up to. I may not understand the logistics of it, and I don't above my pay grade. But what I do believe is this. God loves every single one of us so much that God showed not even death would keep us apart. Not even death could keep us away from the presence of the kingdom of heaven, which has come near to us in the person of Jesus. That was the ministry that the disciples were being invited into, to join into, to go out and proclaim. That's the same message, the same mission, the same ministry. That's a lot of M words. I just, that was kind of fun. That's the same thing that we've all been invited into as well. Sometimes people are receptive. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes our brains are receptive, and sometimes they're not. Because the world is like that. It's up and down. It's back and forth. But it's still good. And it's good because God said so. And that goodness also extends to you. So whatever else you might take from this message today, know this. God's love is with you. It is for you. And that's something that we need to hear over and over and over again. Because it's true for all those folks out there, too. Amen? Amen.